I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Hello, everybody. Lieutenant Joe here. Now, we talk about justice here, you know, all the time. Justice is part of our lives. We all hope that we live with justice. We all hope that we can have a life uh, that is based on principles of love, caring, personal expression, freedom, liberty, and the presence of justice in our lives. So right now, what we need to talk about is what's going on in Israel. The war between Israel and Hamas. Now, Hamas is a political party that has been around since 1987. I looked it up to get some specifics. And what I see here on the internet, and this, this could be a little bit different, but I'm sure for most of the things I read, this is it. Hamas, officially the Islamic Resistance Movement. It's a Sunni Islamist political and military organization governing the Gaza Strip of the Palestinian territories. While it is headquartered in Gaza City, it also has a presence in the West Bank. Okay, so now we know what we're talking about. So a couple of things to cover, I think, right away. In search of justice, in the course of human history, and we've talked about it here many times, what people are prone to do, how people are prone to live, how we organize ourselves uh, as entities, as groups, as tribes, as governments, as people across the planet, we follow a basic formula. We have common shared goals. We have common shared beliefs in many cases, in each individual community is what I'm talking about, all over the world, throughout history. And we organize ourselves under the principles of covering the, the needs of the group, right? We need to have a place to live. We need to have security. We need to have safety. We need to have a food and water supply that can sustain us uh, so that we can raise families, raise the next generation to present uh, ourselves to the world. Now, historically, what I have said here so many times I can't count anymore, and you should all know by now, that when I look at humanity across the ages, and in reality, I usually juxtapose it with my view of America, my country, and how we are organized and the uniqueness of America. Um, America is like every other country in the world. You know, we started out with 13 colonies. We fought for our independence. We created our constitution and we live our lives. Now, the difference with America, of course, is that this was our forefathers, the founding fathers, who put together the constitution and who developed the concepts that we live under was unique in the fact that the first line of one of our founding documents, we the people. Now this was revolutionary at the time because we the people were never in control. We were always under the control of a strong man, a king, a queen, a czar, a tyrant, a dictator throughout history. 
you know, you can, you can look at any organization, any, any state around the world, and you saw kings, you saw queens, you saw ruling families, you saw political strongmen, you saw Caesar, you know, you saw emperors, you saw the individual who made all the decisions. America was different in the fact that we said, we the people will make the decisions. We have a representative government. Now, I know for you out there to jumping up and down screaming right now that it's not working like that anymore. I know. I get it. We, we have a lot of problems, um, clearly, in our own government right at the moment because things are changing. Because the weight of history is, is bearing down on the United States trying to force us back to what I call the default position of humanity to live under a dictator or tyranny. That is what it has always been. Uh, we look at, uh, you know, any culture. Go back and look at any culture, and that's what you're going to see. You're not going to see a representative government like we have in America anywhere until America. That being said, when I think about the struggle that's going on in uh, the Holy Land, in Israel, between Israel and Hamas, there's a couple things that need to be said, first of all. Every people, no matter who they are and where they are, what they believe, what they do, deserves to live with justice, deserves to live in a safe environment where they can raise their families, seek their God if they choose to do that, where they can live their lives as they see fit. This includes the people of Israel. This includes the people of the uh, West Bank and the Gaza Strip. They also deserve those rights, as do all people. So let's be clear about that from the beginning. Is there a struggle going on there? Well, the struggle takes, takes on complexities. You know, one of the things that I see here is that we want to talk about, you know, who conquered who, who pushed who out, who's in charge of what, who uh, is recognized, who gets to do what, who gets to take back their homeland, who gets to do this, that, and the other thing. These are all important questions, no doubt about it. But I think what's missing in many of these, these struggles that take place around the world uh, many times there's there's ongoing wars constantly on our planet. People are constantly at war with each other. It's usually over land and resources. That's usually what guides people. You know, th those people over there, they got something we want that we need and we don't have it. So we can ask for it. We can't trade for it. We're going to go take it because we have to have it. That is a uh, a natural inclination of every group of people on this planet throughout history. Now, I told you that I am partially Native American. I have a very small amount in me. My uh, grandmother was, um, she was the product of a Native American uh, mother and, a, uh, and an Irish father. Uh, so my great-grandmother on her side was full Native American, which makes me partially Native American. I'm, I'm down three generations or whatever. Not a lot, not as much as Elizabeth Warren, who was a superstar Native American, but that's another story. Um, actually, I think I'm a lot more than her. I'm, I'm separated by three generations or four generations. But when I looked uh, at the history of Native Americans as a Native American, I wanted to see, you know, the, this, this, 
this picture of uh, all the Native American tribes lived in in splendor together. They uh, they got along. They treated each other beautifully. And you find out in reality, no, they didn't. They were like every other group of humans that ever walked this planet. There were some tribes that were very, very good, that were decent and kind to everyone around them. And then there were tribes who murdered, stole, enslaved, and did all kinds of things to other tribes. Just like we see in every other part of the world, in every other community, down through history. We see that this is part of the process of humanity. Now, is it nice? It's not nice. Is it kind? It's not kind. Is it real? It is real. This kind of uh, action is real at this particular time, up to this point in our history as human beings here on the planet. We haven't gone beyond it yet. We haven't reached the Star Trek world. We are one where we are one planet and we all, you know, have given up our warring ways and we, you know, we all strive together. We're, we're not there. That's not natural. That's a TV show. That's a, that's a uh, utopian story. The reality is we still are in conflict with each other. Now, in our own times here, we can look back, uh, you know, I, I wasn't alive for World War II. I came about 15 years after World War II ended. But World War II was simply another page out of the, the book of human history. We had a dictator uh, and a people who wanted to take over all of the known world, another empire. Uh, and they succeeded in, in many ways until they were beaten back and destroyed because they could stay in their own country they could do that but they chose not to they chose to attack their neighbors and at this point in history we saw that the forces got together and said no we're not going to allow that we're going to fight back at that and we did and that was world war ii world war one similarly uh you know uh the korean war north and south uh, the vietnam war the the full you know communism taking over and trying to fight for that there's always a conflict is my point when I look at history as far as who owns what land, uh, and this is what the big, the big central theme, I believe, uh, besides the religious theme uh, going on in the Holy Land, in Israel and in the Palestinian territories, is that there's a concern that the Israelis uh, moved in and displaced the Palestinians from their homeland. And that is the conflict, and they want to fight back for that conflict. They want to regain their traditional homeland. The Israelis, on the other hand, had to go there to claim their traditional homeland. And in 1947, they were granted that by the world. They were recognized as a country. They were recognized as sovereign leadership over that part of the world. Now, we might not like that. We might not like that. We might not like that that's how it went, but it did. And in a civilized world, we have got to respect the borders that are recognized. Now, there can be injustice. There can be injustice. Uh, the Nazis, they displayed injustice by attacking their neighbors brutally. The things that they did were unspeakable to take over land and riches and resources from all of their neighbors and they were beaten back 
they did not get to keep any of the properties that they uh, that they took. We look in modern times in Ukraine. Ukraine was a uh, independent country, that area, and then during the Soviet Union time. Now, history teachers, calm down. Don't you don't be taking notes. You giving me the specific dates, and I'm talking about an overall picture here. The Soviet Union overtook those independent countries and made them part of the Soviet bloc of nations. When that fell, they regained their freedom. Now you have Vladimir Putin, dictator of Russia, deciding he wants to uh, bring those countries back together under his rule, under his control. In our modern times, we're seeing this right in front of our eyes. And he is attacking the people of Ukraine, and they are fighting back. And for the most part, uh, the countries of the world are, are recognizing Ukraine as an independent nation being attacked on its borders, uh, being cut into pieces and being pulled apart by, a, uh, by an enemy, a violent, brutal enemy, a brutal enemy that bombs hospitals, pregnancy places, uh, where women go to have babies, where people live, their apartments, parks, schools, all these kind of places are happening right in front of us. And there is, a, uh, there is an element of outrage that that would happen. It's, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a high level of outrage. It is a feeling of injustice. And as a people, us and, and many other countries are stepping forward to say, no, no, uh, that's not right. And we, we think uh, the people of Ukraine should defend themselves and push back. Now, that doesn't mean take over anything of Russia. It means kick the Russians out of Ukraine and remain in control of their own country. Now, I'm not going to get into a philosophical discussion about Ukraine here. I mean, did the Crimean people, do they want to be part of Russia? Well, that's something you vote on politically. That's how you keep from killing people in the streets. They vote on that. And then the government of Ukraine should respect that, I would think. Now, we had that here in America, didn't we? Didn't the South decide they didn't like the way things were going in America? They wanted to be their own. They wanted to be their own country, the Confederacy. And the president and the government and the people said, no, 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 you can't do that. That's, that's not correct. And we had the Civil War here. And the Civil War was a brutal, brutal war between the states. Sometimes brother versus brother, father versus son. The, the killing was amazingly horrific. But the North vanquished the South and kept the Union together. There, there was pain. There was suffering. There was war. To make a point. This is, this is the way of people. That being said, let me go back to one of my first points. Every people deserve to live a life of justice, freedom, and the ability to live as they choose. How do we go about that? Well, the first thing we have to understand, I think, my opinion, is that we have to understand what is the difference between uh, a just war and an unjust war. So if the people of Mexico decided that, you know what, a long time ago, we were pushed out and we owned Texas and California. Is there some truth to that? Well, there is. Historical truth, there is. If they decided today that, hey, listen, uh, it's not right. Uh, let's go back uh, 100 generations. Let's go back whatever amount of time it is. Uh, that was part of our territory. Let's go even further to my Native American brothers and sisters. This was their land, right? America, all of the America, 
was theirs, North America. They had claims to the land. And what happened? The progress of history and the movement of humanity is what happened. You know, we saw the settlers come from Europe. They came here. They laid claim to the land, just or unjust. It was the Native Americans' land. And there were battles and there were fights. And they lost. And therefore, uh, the European nations took over the land here. And while there is a movement out there uh, in the world to say, we'll give back everything to the Native Americans, prior to that, the Native Americans fought over each other's land and took each other's land. So then we, then, then we go back even further then to the time before the European settlers came and say, okay, uh, the Lenny Lenape in New Jersey uh, used to have all of Pennsylvania uh, and Ohio uh, and Michigan, but they lost wars to the, uh, I don't know, I don't know what, are, the, the Blackfeet uh, tribe, uh, the Mohawks, whatever, whoever it was they were warring at the time, and they took that from them. And a thousand years before that, that was all taken by another tribe. Do we, how far do we go back to say, wherever you planted your tent first, the first one there gets the land? Do you see the bigger picture I'm trying to look at here? The march of time is what changes borders, boundaries, and claims to land. It's, it's not great, but it is a truth of humanity. And if we constantly go back and go back and go back and go back, we could be warring house to house with each other over whose land is whose. So what do we do? How do we do this in the modern world? How do we survive this reality of humanity? Well, what we do is we have a recognition as a people, as a, as a human people across the planet, the governments of the world make decisions over who they will recognize and who they won't recognize. Now, the arguments of the Palestinian people is that that land was theirs. Well, you can go to a historical document, the Bible, and go back uh, 5,000 years, and you realize that that was the land of the Jews. You know, there were no Muslims back then. The Muslims came 500 years in the Common Era. That is when uh, Muhammad showed up. So he wasn't here at the time of Jesus. The, the, and didn't do, what happened there? We had uh, Israel there, the land of milk and honey, and we had the Romans come and conquer it. Didn't the Romans take over everything all the way up through, uh, through England? Right? Didn't they, didn't they conquer everything there? Didn't they conquer all across Europe? And then what happened to them? They were beaten back by the, by the tribes. You know, it took 500 years, 600, 700 years. They were beaten back and destroyed. And new borders were drawn. How far do we go back? Is my point. Because if we keep going back, and this is, this is the picture, this is the, the understanding, the way I see it, of how do we keep people from killing each other so that we can live. What do we do? We have got to accept the modern interpretation of whose is whose. And in the modern world, in 1947, the world decided that Israel was a country, a country of the Jews, recognized, deserving of justice, deserving of peace, and deserving of recognition, so that they could live their lives as they chose. The Palestinian people did not get 
Jerusalem. They did not get uh, all of the land of Israel. They were not, that, that's not how it worked out. And I know that sounds terrible, especially to people who are Palestinian. They don't want to hear that. They want to hear, no, it's ours. We were pushed out. But that's my point. We can all go back and go back and go back and say who was pushed out of where. The modern reality is that that land is the state of Israel, a recognized state of people. Over the course of time, the Israelis have been attacked the Jews have been attacked historically how many times across this planet? And they were attacked many times. And what did they do? They finally gave in and they gave areas of land specifically to the Palestinian people within the land that was designated as Israel so that they could run their own affairs. Now, when we look at the area, there are many, many... Um, Muslim people living in the state of Israel. They live side by side with Israelis, the same neighborhoods. They have actual representation in the uh, Israeli government. They live in peace with the people there. But we don't see any Jewish people serving on the boards or the governments of, like, say, Hamas or in the Gaza. We don't see any Jews on the board there. We don't see any Jewish people there with power. But it's not the same. In Israel, uh, people of Muslim descent are in the government. They're in the Knesset. They have representation. They were given a place. Israel gave a place. Here you go, the West Bank and Gaza. You can run those, you can live there, and you can do your thing. Now people say, well, they should have had it all. And that goes back to the argument. How far do we go back? The modern reality is that all of that is a state of Israel. They gave that up for peace, so that the Palestinian people could have a place. Maybe not what they want, but they have a place, and they can interact there, and they can go to all those holy sites, and they can they can live a peaceful life. They can raise their families. That is just the truth. That is how I see it. There is no war unless one side or the other uh, decides, for whatever reason, to violently attack the other. So in this case, we, we have to look at this and say, the uh, Seven Days War and the different wars that Israel has had to fight from its neighbors who have decided they don't like the fact that Israel is there. They want to wipe them out. And see, that's the difference. They, they don't just want to take the land or move them out. They want to wipe them out. This is the stated purposes of many of these organizations, to wipe out the Jewish people. Right? And as, as modern humans, we, we can't allow that. So, to, to bring all these points together, we can understand that the people, the Palestinian people, believe they should have all of the land. But they don't. That's not how it worked out. It's not how it worked out. It's not how the world recognized it. It's what the world made as a decision for peace. Now, they can certainly live a decent life if they chose to focus on the decency of life. Now, what's one of their sayings? And this is, I'm not making this stuff up. I've heard these things and, and read them. The Hamas, they say, the Israelis love life. We love death. So therefore, you have a, a divergent way of looking at the world 
and looking at how things should be. So they decide they're going to fight to throw the Jews out of their out of their homeland. They're going to they're going to struggle. They're going to bring war to the area. They're going to bring war to the people, to their own people, and to the Israelis to try and get them out. We have to ask ourselves: Is this going to work? All these years of fighting and battling and all the innocent lives on all sides that have been lost. Is it worth that struggle as opposed to accepting the way things are? Now, maybe in a thousand years, the landscape changes again. Who knows? But right now, that's not how it is. And if we don't accept the way the world is, we find ourselves in conflict. Mexico should not start a war to take back Texas and California. It would be horrific for many, many, many people, and there would be no justice there. The borders have been set. That's over now. We move forward from here. So we're going to take a break in a minute, and when I come back, we're going to talk about the different ways people deal with things, uh, specifically looking at terrorism and the terrorist attacks that we've seen around the world, including the most recent one uh, that we've seen in Israel. Uh, I, I personally uh, have uh, friends and I have uh, business associates that I deal with in the state of Israel who have lost members of their family, who have lost uh, people who work for them, uh, people who have been taken captive, and people who have suffered unbelievable. We'll talk about them when we come back. We'll talk about the moral equivalency. Is there a moral equivalency between the two? We see some people trying to make a moral equivalency between the state of Israel fighting back uh, and Hamas. Not all the Palestinian people. I think we have to make a, a we have to make a delineation here. Is it all of the people of the Gaza Strip that believe that Hamas is right and want to do this, or the uh, the West Bank, do they all believe it? Or is it simply the political terrorist party of Hamas that believes this and is doing this to all of them? Is that what is keeping peace from being in the air? I think we have to understand that. You know, uh, it, 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 during World War II, uh, Germany was the the invader of the world. And the Nazis led that. Was every German a Nazi? I don't think they were. I don't think they were. And I think we can find that in all things. I think there are people who just want to live in peace, who are willing to accept and others who are not. And this is the kind of thing we have to take apart. So we'll be back in a minute and we'll talk a little bit more about this. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. 
You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Okay, everybody, we're back. Now, I want to uh, address, uh, before we continue in our discussion, which I think this is important, I think we have to have a clear head and look at this. And I'm not saying in the recent uh, terrorist attack on Israel, there are no two sides to that story. There are no two sides to that story. There is a side of a, an attacker, a terrorist attack, and there is victims. And we'll, we'll break that down in a few minutes. But I, I do want to address the fact that um, I recently had a, a, a nice email from somebody who says, uh, Hey, Lieutenant Joe, I hear you talking about healthy cell all the time. Do you really use it or are you just saying that? Well, I got to tell you, uh, I appreciated somebody saying that because I go out of my way here uh, to only tell you what I believe to be the truth about things, to give my opinion, to ask questions, to, to develop things that we can talk about. And I, I, in all honesty, I could not tell you, get this thing if I, if I didn't really believe in it. All right. Uh, I don't get paid by Healthy Cell. They don't pay me anything. They're on the network here and I use them. So therefore, that's why I talk about them. So yes, I use the immune uh the immune boost from Healthy Cell. I think it's excellent. It has really, really helped me over the last couple of years to maintain my health. Um, 
I know the sleep product has worked for my cousin Stephen. I know him personally. And this was a young man who, hardworking guy, really was having trouble sleeping. And he's buying this product now. Um, and it works for him. And from the focus factor, you know, I understand that that works as well. I haven't taken it yet. But you know what? I might just start. Because, you know, you start to, I'm, I'm 61 now. And, you know, I want to main, maintain being sharp. I want to keep my brain sharp. So the healthy cell products, to answer anybody else who's asking that question, um, I do believe in the stuff. I do use it, and I find it to be good. And if you need that kind of help, go take a look at it. All right. Now, this is, this is serious. Now, normally, you know, Lieutenant Joe, I, uh, I, I'm a little more, a little more loose when we're talking. This is very serious. This is life and death. This is life and death. This could be a bigger conflict for the whole world. Uh, We've been careening toward this tipping point for many years now. Uh, Again, look at history. There's there's a reason that there's old sayings. There's old sayings because somebody sat and thought about something and and figured out, how do do I crystallize this into something, right? There's, There's a lot of old sayings. He who does not understand history is doomed to repeat it. And that might be the exact quote, but, you know, you've heard that before yourself. He who does not understand history is doomed to repeat it. Think about that for a second. The lesson that's in there means if we don't look back at circumstances across humanity and see how these changing tipping points arrived and how they worked out for the good or the bad, paradigm changes in human interaction, uh, the, the application of justice or lack thereof, the subjugation of people, wars, death, destruction. All of these things are realities of our lives. Now, for many years, uh, we have had a world at peace after World War II. World War II was a buildup. It just didn't happen overnight. World War I was, was a buildup. There was tensions. There was, now, they may be different in each era. The, the tensions and the buildup of things is different in each era of human uh, existence. But there are always things that lead towards these conflicts. And, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's the topic of, of a future episode, absolutely, to understand. I've, I've spoken several times here recently about the danger of having weak leadership. Weak leadership invites uh, negative activity. You know, Joe Biden is a weak president. He, his policies are policies that have created the circumstance for much of this to take place. But this has been building throughout the world. World War II was a crescendo of that buildup of weak policy, weak understanding, human aspirations, the desire of dictators and of evil to to spread out across the world. This is the battle of human life. Now, whether you're religious or not, the concepts given to us by religion of good and evil show this very, very clearly. You have the good force in God, and you have the evil force in Satan, and they are at battle here on earth. Well, uh, whether, like I said, whether you're religious or not, it's, it's not about whether you believe God and Satan. It's about the understanding of that concept of good versus evil and how it will clash at different points in times, and it does spiritually and physically. So when we look at the situation, we have choices as people in the world. If Mexico 
attacked Texas. Uh, tried to take uh, 200 miles of north of the Texas border and claim that as traditional Mexican territory. There would be a, an outbreak of fighting and war. And people would die. And it would be horrible. And people would say, what are you doing? The borders of America and Mexico have been settled years and years ago. Well, how were they settled? Let's go back to our, our original conversation here. Sure, all of that might have been Mexican territory at one point. Traditionally Mexican territory. But before that, wasn't it Incan territory? And who took that over? Who wiped them out? My point is we can keep going back and back. We can't. If we want to live in peace, we have to accept what it is unless it's unjust. And then the world should call out that is unjust. The borders of Ukraine were settled after the fall of the Soviet Union. And what Vladimir Putin is doing is unjust going back to take that land. That's unjust and the world is calling it out. That's unjust and governments around the world are helping to provide money and equipment so that the people of Ukraine can fight back against the unjust taking of their land because Putin is not respecting the borders that have been set. That is unjust. The borders of Israel have been set. The Palestinian people may not have gotten the, the biggest piece of the land, but they were given a place. Now, for those people who are sympathetic uh, to the people, not to the terrorist organizations, to the people of Palestine, say, well, that used to be their land. Well, it did. It used to be. It's not anymore. Are they welcome to go there? They are. Israel allows people to go all over those holy sites, no matter who you are. Can you go to certain places in these other countries controlled by Muslim religions? No, you can't. You can't go to them. But in Israel, they let anybody go to any of their holy sites. They have, they have uh, mosques in Israel where people actively can pursue their religion because it's a land of justice. Now, the separation here between the ordinary people of Germany and the Nazis. The Nazis were a terrorist organization, hatred-filled, power-hungry, and they were willing to kill and murder innocent people to get what they wanted. So that leaves the Nazi party itself, the government function, and then all the people of Germany. Now, at the time, did a lot of the German people think it was a good idea? Well, I think the reality is a lot of them did. But there was also a lot of people who did not think it was a good idea, who simply got swept up in the tide of history. And is that a reality? It is. You know, uh, they ended up suffering as the war came to an end and their cities were bombed. They lost their sons and daughters and everyone else to the, to the fighting and the killing. They may not have had the beliefs of the Nazis, but they were stuck there. Are they innocent? Are the people separate from the government innocent? Well, they are innocent if they resist as best as they can. When they go out into the streets and they cheer for some horrific act, are they then innocent? Or are they now a participant, a combatant? All right, so these are the kind of distinctions that have to be made. So now when we go over and let's look at the conflict 
the, the ongoing conflict right now in Israel. Hamas is a recognized terrorist organization. They are recognized by the United States government as a terrorist organization. They are also a running the Gaza Strip. They have political power there. So here we have Hamas running the government in the Gaza Strip. And then we have the Palestinian people who are living there. So the breakdown has to be, does every single person, every Palestinian, believe in what Hamas believes in? So you have to separate these two. Uh, ISIS was another group, right? Does every single person who lived in Iraq believe in the the purpose of ISIS, in the, in the events of, remember ISIS lining people up and cutting their heads off? Reporters, journalists, innocent people, other Iraqis, remember them doing that? Because of their beliefs? Did every single person there believe in that? They probably didn't, because I don't think that ever, you don't think you ever have a complete uh, backing for a thing like that. But what were they powerless to stop it? So if we look at the people in the Gaza Strip, do they have power to stop Hamas from what they're doing? I would think the average person in Palestine, uh, and this is my, my guess from, from having heard so many people from that area talk about it, are they upset that they don't have their traditional homeland? I think they are. But are they also accepting of the fact that they don't have their traditional homeland anymore? They have this homeland. And they could have other places. There were other places that would have taken them and given them a homeland. That was the idea, right? Remember the two-state solution? So that they could live side by side and, and, and live their own lives and not have to have these conflicts? Yes. But then we've had radicals who stand up and say, no, we're not going to accept it. Matter of fact, we're going to fight back for it. We're going to fight back for it in any way that we can. And the innocents be damned, basically. So do I believe that every individual who, who lives in those areas, every Palestinian, is a terrorist? I do not. I do not at all. I think there are people being swept up in this tide of history, in this conflict, that don't have a lot of choice. You know, in Israel, you can disagree with your government. Right? You can disagree with your government. Uh, they don't swoop in and disappear you. Um, in the territories, they do. You disagree with Hamas and you could disappear. So I don't think it is a, uh, a, a, a political party of justice and freedom and liberty. It is not that. And that's why it's been designated as a terrorist organization. So when we look at terrorism, what is the purpose of terrorism? Well, it usually has a, a political backdrop. It's, it's trying to make a point it's trying to make something happen that they can't get to happen simply by talking, right? The American Revolution, we tried to talk. We tried to talk to the king. The king wouldn't listen. At some point, we had to bloody the king's nose to the point that the king says, I have to get out. This is, um, this is the way of humanity, all right? So we, we've seen that in our own revolution. The king fought back, and the, they were brutal to the colonists, and the colonists had to fight back. Was it just to fight back? Well, I think through history we can see, just like all of these other changes in homelands and, and uh, kingdoms and uh, properties, the Americans, uh, the colonists living here were separated from 
England and from the king by thousands of miles in an ocean. And they wanted to be their own people. And they had to fight for it. They had to die for it. And we had the rise of our founding fathers and the new uh, ideas of freedom and liberty. And that was a, a war uh, that was won for freedom and liberty and independence. So let's focus then back on Israel and what's going on. The Gaza Strip was part of Israel, and the Israelis decided, through whatever means, through political pressure, the world pressure, their own decisions to do the right or wrong, to give these areas to the Palestinian people. Here you go. You have the West Bank, and you have Gaza. And you can live there, you can raise your families, you can interact with Israel, you can do all kinds of things. The radicals in these areas did not want that. That's the basic, that's the bottom line. They did not want that. They wanted all of it. And the world did not designate that. The world for peace gave Israel that land. I don't know how many times I can say that. That is Israel, Israel, and it is a country. It is recognized. It is a bordered place, and therefore it should be accepted and recognized. And there's all kinds of historical reasons into why the world recognized uh, that how many times have the Jews been attacked over course of history and tried to wipe out? And World War II was the uh, most recent and bloodiest uh, attack on the Jewish people, and the world said, ah, "We can't, we can't do that." So we gave the, we gave them their place. Here's your place where you can go, you can live, and you can be safe. Right? Well, the Palestinians, the radicals, not the regular people. We have to break them down now. When this terror attack took place on October 7th, let's go back to October 6th. October 6th, was Israel firing rockets, tank shells, artillery, aircraft sorties into the Gaza Strip, blowing up buildings, attacking people, killing people randomly. No, they were not. They were living their lives, going about their business. But over the course of the previous months, has Hamas and other terror organizations within those territories, have they randomly fired rockets into civilian areas of Israel? Yes, they have. Uh, unprovoked. They're trying to use terrorism to make their point. So that's where we started here. I'm trying to explain the use of terrorism. One man's terrorist, another man's freedom fighter. We've heard that. But there are just fights and there are unjust fights. So when we see, you know, the, the, the people there are oppressed. Well, if you, if you designate oppression, meaning you don't give them Jerusalem, that's not oppressed. Uh, they can certainly change their way of life in those territories, could be impoverished. They could, the world would help them. The world would reach out and help them improve the lives of all the people in those territories if they didn't have this terror. And the purpose of terror is to send a message when you can't do it through talking. And this, is, this has been done forever. Uh, let's look at um, other examples uh, the uh, IRA, the Irish Republican Army, they wanted England out off the off Ireland proper. 
And they tried negotiating it, they talked about it, they protested, and nobody would listen. So finally, a group of individuals who would not accept the borders, the historical border who had been there, Northern Ireland, is part of the British Empire. But a lot of the Irish people did not want uh, England to have any part of this anymore. Get out. This is our country. It's a modern time. You don't need to be here. Well, that border had been established for many, many years. And the IRA, Irish Republican Army, decided they're tired of talking. So they have to send a message to let people know this is serious. So what did they do? They started bombing stores. There were attacks. There were fights back and forth. Now, the British, the British were brutal to the people of Ireland. No doubt about it. Historically, the, the British army has been brutal to its subjects around the world. And in this case, in our modern world, uh, there, there is many, many, many stories uh, of unjust things taking place in Ireland so that the British could maintain control. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father-in-law, Ted, can tell you uh, verse uh, and, and story of attacks on civilians, uh, reverse terrorism to keep the people quiet, to keep them from revolting. This is a tool that is often used. In our modern times, people are upset with the positions that America takes, right? They don't, do not like the fact that America, as a, a government, as an official government, supports the official government and territory of Israel. They don't like it. So what do they do? They tell America, stop supporting them. Support us. And America says, no, we, we support the state of Israel. This is our official position. They are a recognized country and we support them. Well, they can't get our attention. So they're trying to show us their anger. They're trying to show us their displeasure with our decision. And since we won't change, they fly planes into our buildings. They run people over in the street. They attack people around the world to make their point. Their point is unjust. Terrorism is a terrible, terrible thing. It does not make your point. Israel is not going to uh, shut down and give over the state of Israel to the Palestinian people because of terrorism. All it's going to do is continue the destruction of lives, the pain, and the inability to move forward. That's the reality. So no matter how much people believe that Jerusalem should be part of Palestine and Palestine should be its own country and Israel should be out, that is not going to happen. So anything other than acceptance and finding a way to live together so that both groups of people can flourish, raise their families, uh, worship their God, take care of what they need to take care of within their own families. Until that happens, there's going to be bloodshed and horror and pain. Now let's talk about moral equivalency. On October 6th, the Israelis were not attacking the Gaza Strip. The Israelis were not attacking the West Bank. But 
the terror organizations in those locations, Hamas, did attack Israeli civilians on a regular basis. We see it on the news all the time. They're constantly sending barrages of rockets into Israel. What's the purpose of that? Is that so you want to be peaceful and you want to work out the differences? Or are you trying to keep the people people in Israel under attack to make them uncomfortable, to give up, and to move out? That's the purpose, and that's why they're using terrorism, because they can't do it any other way. They don't have a standing army that can go in and take over Israel in a battle, because the world has decided that Israel is a country that should be there. Those borders should be respected. And therefore, you have these pop-up radical terror organizations who are hurting their own people. They're hurting their own people by continuing this. They might not be happy with the borders, but these are the borders that are there, that are recognized as just borders by the majority of the world. And therefore, they should accept that and find a way to move forward and make their lives better. And the whole world would would jump in. Right now, the, the world gives millions and millions of dollars to Hamas and to the Palestinian people to try and help them. Is that money used to create better water systems? Is that money used to create better schools? Is that money used to create better infrastructure? No. That money is co-opted and used to buy weapons to attack Israel in this ongoing attack. It is not peace. There is no moral equivalency between Hamas's attacks on Israel and the state of Israel responding to violence against them. If Mexico started lobbing rockets over the border at southern Texas because they wanted to take that land back, how long would we sit by and say, well, you know, they're just upset and it's historically their land and we should probably give it back and we don't want to give it back? And we, No, we would go in and we would wipe out the area where the rockets were being launched. We would protect ourselves. And the world recognizes that Israel has a right to protect itself and its people. So there is no moral equivalency between Hamas, the radical attacks on Israel, again, not the people of Palestine who just want to live, uh, want to live by themselves in the, in the territories. They just want to raise their families. But the intensity that is being sent here by the terrorist organizations is what's causing the problem. And how often do you let somebody come over and victimize you and then you stop and you say, okay, well, all right, we'll try it. No, never mind. And then they keep doing it. How, how often do you allow rockets to blow up in your neighborhoods before you go over and stop it? So that's the point we're at today. There's no moral equivalency between what's happening. Did Hamas call the people in all of those territories that they attacked on October 7th, that they went in and slaughtered entire families, killed babies, cut down 260 young people at a concert, mowed them down, then took people as hostages, doing God knows what to them, raping young women at the concert and then killing them, setting people and families on fire in their homes. 
So if you're sitting there saying to yourself, well, you know, Israel caused the problem. No, they did not do any of that. Remember, October 6th, there was no battle going on. This was brought to Israel by the terrorist organization of Hamas. Now, the people who live in the territories who don't believe in this, I think they're getting sucked up in the tide of history. They just want to live their lives. They want to raise their kids. But they can't fight back against Hamas either. So when Israel attacks back to finally say, we have had enough of this, of this constant every couple of weeks barrages of rockets being fired into our, uh, into our country, into our neighborhoods, into our schools, and our apartment buildings, enough. We have done everything we can to try and work this out so we can live together and Hamas will not allow it. There comes a time when if your neighbor keeps attacking your house and you've told them to stop, you've asked them to stop, you've begged them to stop, and they continue to endanger your family, there comes a time you have to go next door and straighten that out to protect your family. And that is what Israel is doing now. There will be innocent uh, people killed because that is the nature and the horror of war. The Israelis told a million people to move out of the area, gave them time to get out of there because they're going to attack Hamas, its infrastructure, its military. Did Hamas warn those communities that they were coming? We're going to come over because we don't like you and we're going to try and hurt people, so you better get out of there. They did not. There is no moral equivalency between Hamas and the Israeli government and the Israeli government response to the most recent terror attack. America went to war for 20 years in Afghanistan and Iraq over a terrorist attack. The Israelis have every right to protect themselves. And I hope this leads to peace eventually in that area for everyone who lives there. Remember, be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Lots to think about, lots to keep talking about. Pray that God looks over the world and gives us peace at some point. We'll see you down the road.